when we get into business, I think too many times, I'm not, I'd be lying if I didn't tell you I was chasing money. I was chasing money when I first got into it because my wife was wondering, how are we going to pay for a mortgage? Mm. But if you always maintain that mentality, you're always going to chase money. And so when you can build it more around, all I really need to do is just serve these sellers better than my competition. I just need to listen to them better. I need to understand what their real problems are and I need to bring them real-time solutions. You're going to win and the byproduct is you're going to get paid really well for doing that. The Deal Machine REI Podcast. Everything you need to know to get started in real estate investing. Hey guys, welcome back to the Deal Machine Real Estate Investing Podcast. If you're sitting there thinking that you want to quit a job that you hate to build a life that you love, this podcast is all about teaching you the proven business model of wholesaling real estate, a way to get into real estate investing without a crazy amount of money. And we've got a special guest with you today that's a veteran in the industry. He's actually built multiple Inc. 5000 businesses. He was the founder, co-founder of Wholesaling Inc., the number one real estate coaching program across the nation, and is now the co-founder of Joe Homebuyer, which is a leading real estate franchise. So Cody's coached himself over 3,000 students on how to successfully build their real estate business. And he's also sold $5 million in coaching in addition to launching 75 different Joe Homebuyer franchises. So I know you're going to learn a lot from this episode. And if you guys have gotten any value from this podcast so far, please take a moment and hit the review and subscribe button. Leaving a review helps us make more content to get you over the edge to financial freedom. And so Cody, it's so great to have you here. Tell us, after doing that many real estate wholesale deals, over a thousand, I think, uh, is actually your number over the past eight years. Can you bring us back to that very first deal that you did and how much money that you made on it? Oh my goodness. Well, David, Ryan, first of all, thank you for having me on here. Um, the first deal is the special. You're welcome right? The first deal is a special deal. I, I, I don't know if anyone forgets their first deal, no matter what the size amount of the, of the actual money is, it's special. It's a special day because mm. it goes back to, uh, there's that insecurity. Like I've seen it work for people, but does it work for Cody? And so you have mm -hmm. a little bit of natural fear, natural doubts. And so, yeah, I, I will always remember this. So I'll take you down memory lane all day long. What's uh, what's the best way I can lead and guide um, that conversation to, to help your audience the best. How much did you make? Uh, that deal, I made $24,000. Now, mind you, mind you, that was more money than I made in a full year. My first year oh. entrepreneur being an insurance agent, I made $19,000 for 365 days, right? That was wow. And it only took about 39 days to get that first deal. Oh my gosh. So, so, did, okay, so 39 days. Okay. Yeah. Well, why did you decide to quit doing insurance and get into real estate wholesaling? <laughs> what inspired you? Um, Tony Robbins probably says it best. He says people are either running to pleasure or running from pain, right? <laughs> I wish I could say it was running towards pleasure. Mine was running from pain. So multiple years of doing insurance, there's just some slow months where insurance is, is tough and you're trying to build like residual. You're trying to build something that over, over time it just gets bigger and better. And there's bleak months every single year where you don't really do a lot of policies because people are out of town on vacation. Last thing they'll worry about is, is insurance. 
So those bleak months, I came home in 2015. So we're not talking long ago. We're talking eight years ago. Eight years ago, I come home and my wife's crying at the table. And I came home early. She didn't know I was going to come home early because usually I had to put in long hours. And I catch her crying and it's enough that the mascara is like the raccoon eyes, right? Where she's deprived enough. And I just remember like just bending over and just asking her, I'm like, Wendy, what's wrong? And she looks up, she's like, do we put food on the table or do we pay for the mortgage this month? And I'm just like, like I'm in insurance five years, gentlemen, like five years. It's not like I'm just on my first year or second year. I'm mm-hmm. into this five years and we're still having months where we have to figure out, do we put food on the table or do we pay for our mortgage? And the coincidence, not so coincident is for the past five years through that whole entire time of being an insurance agent, this inspired thought comes to my mind, insure investors. So I'd been going to local real estate investor associations for five years, guys, five years. And I didn't listen one time to anything real estate. I was just sitting there thinking, you're just trying to sell them insurance. That's it. Who's my next victim? Like who's my next person that has multiple homes, awesome cars? Like who's my next person that, oh man, that guy says he has 20 rentals. I'm talking to him right after the show. And that's all I could think. I could only, I was just so singly focused on insurance, insurance, insurance. But after I saw my wife crying, still wondering how are we going to pay for the mortgage? Two days later happened to be the next real estate investor association meeting. And a gentleman stands up and he says, Hey, I just did this deal. And, and three days later I assigned it. It's called wholesaling. And I made $29,000. And I'm sitting there thinking, wait, what? What? Mm. Yeah. That's more than you made in your year of selling insurance. Oh my gosh. Yes. Like like 10 grand more for three days of work. And I'm sitting there thinking, what am I missing here? Like I've, I've been hearing this and I insured this gentleman so I could trust him. He was like very trustworthy individual. So I went up to him afterwards and I said, Hey, uh, I want to learn how to do this. And he says, Cody, you're one of the most driven individuals. Um, I feel like if I teach you, I'm, I'm training my biggest competitor. He's like, you're just a driven guy. He's like, I don't know if I can teach you. And he, he told me just straightforward like that. And I'm like, I didn't know if I like thought that was cool because he thought I was driven or if I was like, you son of a gun, like be abundant. Let's go. Like I want to learn. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. led me to, to down the road to, which again, everything hindsight, you have 2020 vision, right? That led me mm-hmm. into meeting Tom Kroll at Wholesaling Inc. And he was the one that taught me how to do my first deal. I mean, it was just a little small mom, pa, like Tom coaching a handful of students at this time. And he taught me how to do my first deal, how to go out there and take massive imperfect action, just fail your way forward and just put a smile on your face and just go out there. Yeah, you're going to make a ton of mistakes. It's okay. Get out there. He was my biggest cheerleader. So 39 days later, uh, $24,000 deal. And uh, that changed everything. That's when it was like faith to fact. That's like Cody. Yeah, yeah. It's in my bank account. Let's go. Yeah. Well, I think that was funny. You said it doesn't matter how much you make in your first deal because just doing it actually teaches you that it's possible. And now you've got this whole world unlocked, but you made 24, $24,000. Yeah, $24, so that was pretty freaking sweet first deal. It was significant. Hey, what did your wife think Guys, about that? that? Was, that was a split. Uh, that's the other what? thing I think that's, that's crucial about this story is be okay to partner with people to get it right. Like be okay to partner with people. Yeah. Be okay that the people that you want to trade places with that you actually would say, hey, I would love to be in this guy's uh, place uh, for this for the information that I'm receiving. Maybe they're not great at everything, mm-hmm. but this individual is a local investor here in my in my market. So even though I had a mentor, Tom, teach me how to do it, 
I still lack that like, oh, do I really know how to do this? So I actually, I joint ventured. I actually partnered with a local guy to go with me on my first appointment to get it. We split it 50-50. So it was, it was a $48,000 deal. My cut was 24,000, so was this. But I'd rather have 50% of something than 100% of nothing. And I think that is true. I catch people just wanting to be greedy and hoard it all. And then they never do a deal. And you stay so, yeah, for time. And now they start to lose confidence. They never get into the game. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad that worked out for you well, because a lot of people will find these deals, but then they're worried about finding the buyers. But you could partner with somebody who's existing in your market to find the buyer. Is that is that what this other person did? Was you found the deal and they found the buyer? That's exactly right. Well, they helped me. They went on the appointment so I could hear like, what is it like to talk to people? How do I do it? Where do I feel like I could add a little bit of like Cody to it to make it actually better? But at least I get to witness someone that knows what they're doing that's done many, many deals and just get to like experience it firsthand and then throw my little zip to it the next time I go by myself. And yeah, and mm-hmm. then he had the buyer that was ready to buy it. So it was a fantastic deal. And I tell people all the time, it, it's it's smart right out the gate to partner with people so you can get to the destination quicker than all that mm-hmm. learning curve that can take a lot of people a long time. So I've heard somebody say, if I'm going to partner with somebody, how do I make sure they don't get the deal out from under me and cut me out of the deal? So do you have any advice for somebody who has that fear? Yeah, I think that's I think that's a, a fear set mind. I think that's a that is a, a lack of abundance. And what they have to understand just simply is don't ever just shake a hand and say, "Okay, I trust you implicitly." That's what contracts right. are for. Contracts, are yeah. yeah. And so as long as you have a contract that says Cody Hoffine is the buyer of this, and yes, I will I will joint venture with you. They they can't steal it from you. I mean, they they physically can't. There's a contract in place, and they can't bypass that contract. And so I would say, a yes. If you're if you're if you're looking at someone that you're like, I want to trade places with them. Hopefully, you're not trying to trade places with a shyster. Like, hopefully, you're not trying to trade places with right. people that are are just are just bad business. And so, mm-hmm. I found people that are match my values, match my morals. So, find that person and someone that you trust, know, like. And it, I I just I've never had to think that way because I've always known. Yeah. Also, a contract protects me. Right. One and time it, I had. Go ahead. One yeah, time no, I, had I a... think that's great. You go ahead, Ryan. <laughs> okay, sorry. It's delayed here. One time I had a contract in Kansas City, and I had put it out on the the marketplace, Kansas City Marketplace, and I had a, another wholesaler that reached out and said, hey, I'll, I'll help you with this if we'll do 50-50. I said, yeah, no problem. Let me send you my JV contract. And he's like, I don't do JV contracts, but... I'll make sure you get your cut. And I was, I, I walked away from that. I was like, I'm not doing that. Like, but I didn't want to break that relationship either because I'm like, he may have something that I need in terms of connections and buyers, but his approach to towards me is I have the deal. I'm the one that has the deal, but he was wanting basically me to relinquish that to him. And maybe I not walk away with anything. And I didn't know what to say to him. I'm just like, well, I really wouldn't prefer to have a contract. But I was, so so put yourself in that. What would you say if somebody approached you that way? Because to this day, I still don't know how I should have handled that. Man, that's a good question. And I'd say who I am today is not who I was at the beginning. So I'd probably, 
you're but now I think what they're what we're trying to ask is, hey, we're now seasoned investors. What would you do and what right. do you need to do? You need to just approach it like a like a leader. A leader doesn't back down or back away from what his process is. And so a leader would just stand up to this individual and say, Hey, listen, I appreciate this. Like, I appreciate the fact that you want to help me and that, uh, you have maybe some buyers out there that want this. I do. I do have to follow this process though, just to make sure I get it all dialed in the way I need to. If you're willing to go forward with that, I'd love to partner with you. And actually maybe this turns into multiple deals down the road, but I just can't do it without a contract. I got to make sure that everything is just by the books. Cause that's what allows me to sleep at night. And that's what allows me to feel comfortable about the process. Yeah. yeah. It's a, yeah. And I would want that for him. Yeah. It's not, that doesn't sound hard at all. That was well presented in, in the, well, what did you do? Also the end is like making sure, well, for me, I didn't work with him at all. I went out and found a buyer on my own. Uh, but I know that he's an active wholesaler. I know I could have made a good connection, but he did not want anything on paper that was JV. And I know that that was something that was consistent with other people too, because I'd asked around, I'm like, hey, do you know this guy? Oh yeah, we've we've done deals with him. He always pays. And I'm just like, I don't like not having it written down. Like I just want, I, yeah, I don't like for me, I would definitely, I want it written down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why not? Why so, would you put it on paper if you were going to do what you said you were going to do? Right. Yeah. What's the harm? So Cody, having coached like a bunch of people, what, 3,000 students, what do you think is like the biggest struggle that people uh, struggle with when they are trying to get started? The biggest struggle, and and I call this the claim to fame to wholesaling. Need. Like this was the claim to fame in this coaching program was simply this. We did not give any student education, anything at all. It was today's day one. Here's the action you're going to take. Go do it. Today's day two. Here's the action you're going to take. Go do it. Today's day three. Here's the action you're going to take. Go do it. And it was just bite size. So it would take them 30 days to go through this program. And every day was just a bite size, not overwhelming. Something allows them to build a win. And really doing a deal is all about just stacking wins. You can't get a deal on Mm -hmm. one win. Um, So what you need to do is just get consistent and be someone that will always just stack wins day by day by day consistently. And so that was our coaching program. It was how do we give them these small bite-sized wins so that at the end of the day, even though it's small, like, hey, add 10 cash buyers to your cash buyers list. That's your task today. Also, at the end of the day, they didn't feel like a failure because we gave them a bite-sized action. Mm-hmm. All of them could do it. And at the end of the day, they're like, yes, I won. I did exactly what Cody and Tom told me to do. Like, that was awesome. Next day, they'd go do their different action item. It's just stacking small and simple wins that lead us to our first deal, period, the end. And then the the other thing is imperfect action. I see too many individuals sitting at home building a perfect plan. And I will tell you right now, 10 times out of 10, 100 times out of 100, the person taking imperfect action will always outperform the person sitting at home building a perfect plan, taking no action at all. Action trumps perfect plans all day long, 100% of the time. Yeah. I mean, a, th- a thing that I uh, do like about what you said there is you guys have obviously done a lot of wholesale deals yourself. Yeah. And one thing I've noticed is if you try to listen to somebody who hasn't done exactly what you want to do, they'll give you advice and I will kind of like doubt their advice. Like I've been trying to learn. I know you're a guy who does tricks behind boats. I've been trying to learn wake surfing this year. And Come so out, bro. I paid. Uh, I know I'm, I'm actually pretty good now. Uh, I've been at it for a year. I've gone like two or three times a week. Um, but 
So I paid somebody to drive me behind their boat and then they were giving me tips in the 360 and it sounded like maybe the right thing, but I didn't do it because I was like, well, you can't do 360s. Why, why would I listen to you? But then I hired a pro. He came on their boat, told me the exact same thing. I did it, got the 360. And it's like, if you just aren't learning from somebody who's done what you're trying to do, I noticed the self-doubt prevents you from believing they're right and doing what may be even the right thing to do. So I, I love you guys broke down the step-by-step -step, and you guys are people who have done these deals. Yeah. Yeah. I, what's the city and state are you in again? I'm in Austin, Texas. Oh, I was to say, if you're out and if you're ever out in, uh, I need to line you up if you're ever out in, uh, Phoenix, there's a, there's a pro out there that teaches me and Mark and he's phenomenal. We have all of his boards too. That's what we use. Oh, who's the pro? It's uh, Connor Burns. The guy yeah. is unbelievable. And, uh, I can't believe that he charges us so little on his boat. Like it's the funnest thing ever. That's amazing. Well, Going back to wholesaling, uh, so you're saying that people kind of get overwhelmed with like all this information that's available on YouTube, um, but you guys like really broke it down step by step. That's right. And keep it vanilla. I think the other thing that gets uh, distracting people is YouTube University. You've got one coach that says this, and we've heard the old saying, I, I still don't understand what the saying means, but there's more than one way to skin a cat. I don't know how many people are skinning cats in the first place, but then that there's more than one <laughs> way. Um, but- there's so many ways to do wholesaling, right? Like someone can be honed in on just direct mail. Someone could be honed in on deal machine. Someone could be honed in on cold calling. And you've got all these different ways of doing it. And so someone's like, wait, 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 I'm going to do direct mail. And then they go to a RIA group and the RIA group's like, dude, direct mail's dead. I'm like, oh no, um, maybe I should do deal machine. And then they go out there and they're like, oh no, instead like for your first deal, you don't want to do that. You want to do this. And they start to just not, instead of keeping it vanilla, that's not true. That's not true. Every, everybody says you should use Deal Machine for your it's first. Very true. We use it. <laughs> That's what I've always I've always heard. You use it within Joe and Home Buyers. So we love Deal Machine. But my whole point is vanilla. You have to keep it vanilla. And so that was the other principle behind wholesaling Inc. when we were there. The same principle we use here at Joe Home Buyer is keep it vanilla. I want you to shut off YouTube. I want you to shut off podcasts. I want you to shut off every single thing until you start doing deals consistently. And at that point, we can do some bolt-on, like little bits of nuggets mm -hmm. that add to what your current knowledge is. But we got to build a foundation that's firm and it's got to be vanilla. Yeah. Please open up your podcast app right now and leave us a review and let us know what you thought of this episode. It means so much because the reviews help us get in front of more people. And the more people we can get in front of, the more we can help them achieve financial freedom. And we also get more energy to put more content out like this to help you. So by leaving us a review, it will give you more content to come to help you along in your journey. Thank you so much. Who do you think is the right person? Like, so how does that compare to what you do with Joe Homebuyer now, right? Because yeah. who's the person that is actually starting a Joe Homebuyer franchise? Tell us about that because I'm fascinated by this model. I haven't seen too many people franchise in this business. No, it really was just a monopoly. There was only one one person in the in the game and period the end, that was it. Uh, we got into it because we're so passionate about our process, our systems, and our just our how we do business. So we did it by just test trial. We tried on ourselves first. Okay, if this really is good, let's go to a blind market and let's see if it really works. So we went to Dallas, Texas. We're from Utah. So we're like, let's do a blind market and let's do a virtual and let's see if these principles stack up. It's stacked up. We ended up doing seven figures our first year. It was like, okay, this, this is onto something. Then we flew in a student of ours 
that uh, lived in Wisconsin. We said, bring your team out free of charge. We're going to walk you through this four-day training. Go back and implement. I want to see what happens. They end up going from about 750 to about 1.5 in that time. And they said, we've never been able to go over a million dollars. So they about doubled. Well, when you went to Dallas, did, were you there in person or was this virtual? Virtual. That was just virtual. Really? So really, it was just stacking these same principles, the same processes, and making sure we just follow this step by step. So from there, that's when we're like, okay, this is something that can bless people's lives. Now, that's the big kicker there, right? When we get into business, I think too many times, I'm not, I'd be lying if I didn't tell you I was chasing money. I was chasing money when I first got into it because my wife was wondering, how are we going to pay for a mortgage? But if you always maintain that mentality, you're always going to chase money. And so when you can build it more around, all I really need to do is just serve these sellers better than my competition. I just need to listen to them better. I need to understand what their real problems are and I need to bring them real-time solutions. You're going to win. And the byproduct is you're going to get paid really well for doing that. So this is, this is what we did at Joe Homebuyer. It's like we just outserve our competition. We have a strategic process that allows us to listen better tap into the seller better, know and understand what their problems are, the best solutions, and then voila, they pick Joe Homebuyer to, to move forward. So it's been, a, it's been an incredible, incredible journey, but it's based off of values. It's based off of morals. It's how we do business. It's not about chasing the money. It's, it's staying true to who we are with our values. And every day, I don't measure myself if I'm winning by the car I drive, or I don't measure if I'm winning by the house I'm in. I measure my winning if I remain humble during the day. I measure my winning if I remain honest during the day. I remember I, I measure my winning if I remain on a heart for others. And if I have this hunger to wake up and keep doing more. And then if, at the end of the day, I just measure myself against my values. And then it allows me to say, man, I won today. Where most people attach it to a deal. Well, there's going to be a lot of crappy days where you're going to feel like a loser because you attach to your winning to a deal. And there's many days we don't do deals. So yeah. values you can always stay true to and you can win every day. Yes, I totally agree. The values are important. But on one trip, I actually made the Utah. You were pretty excited about your buddy's Audi R8. I do remember that. That was fine. Now, notice the keywords, my buddy's Audi R8. <laughs> if I pulled out a camera, everyone would be like, what are you doing? I drive two miles to work, by the way. I have a two. You're going to laugh. You're not going to believe me until I put a camera on it. 2007 silver Toyota Corolla. I know. Now, it's is that important to you? Is that important to you to not show your wealth? Uh, no, it's it's just I don't need it to. I don't think it's wrong for anyone to have a nice car or a nice house. We do have a nice house. Uh, that's a place where we create memories. And I don't think it's wrong for anyone to have a nice car. For me, it feeds my ego. It doesn't feed my confidence. There's a difference. For some people, they get into a car and they're like, man, I just feel different. And I feel like I perform at a higher level. I don't need a car to do that. I naturally can wake up and I'm ready to spit and chew like bullets all day long. Like it, it doesn't, it doesn't, it, I don't need anything to drive me. So there's individual, but when you see people buy things and all you see is an increase of ego, I, I challenge that. I question that. And if I bought nice things, it would, it would grow my ego and I want to keep that in check. Yeah, gotcha. I love hearing your perspective on that, man. So, who's the right person that would start a Joe Homebuyer franchise, or who do you look for? Uh, you know, compared to somebody that you would coach to get their first deal. So good, Wholesaling Inc. We could take anyone, right? I mean, we're talking a five thousand uh, dollar program, and so a Walmart bagger, as long as they have 
couple credit cards to swing together, they could they could do it. And you could do it on a shoestring budget back then. We're talking 2016 when me and Tom blew that thing up. And so it, it it's a you can kind of take it to just, hey, we're going to get your first deal and you can do it on a, on, a, on a small budget. That is not our avatar. In fact, if someone came to me and said, I have five grand, I'd be like, awesome. I need you to introduce yourself to a coach or a mentor, but we can't do that. So our avatar, if they've never done a deal, they need to have $150,000 in their bank account. Why? Because there's a franchise fee of about $50,000. And then I need some runway because all we really need mm -hmm. to do, which most people are afraid to do, and we hear this from probably 10 out of 10 people, if they say, what's the biggest problem? People don't dare to spend the money they need to spend to get the deals. Like they, mm. they still try to stay cheap and they're like, I want to do 10 deals. Okay, well, you're spending a thousand a month. That doesn't equate. It's not going to happen. It, it will never happen. And they think that, oh, I can outwork this. I know I'll spend a thousand dollars, but I'm going to work these leads. Well, good luck. Like, good luck. You probably won't even get one contract on that nowadays. I mean, the cost per contract's gone up significantly since 2015 when I first got in. So our average, what is the age? Mm hmm. What is the cost per contract, uh, would you say, and, and how does that change in different markets? Because you would definitely know because you've got 75 different franchises out there. Yes, I would say most small markets. So you got midsize, you got major markets, you got like a Dallas is a major market, Salt Lake's a major market. I mean, it's not unheard of to hear 11, 12, $13,000 cost per contract. Uh, gotcha. And even some of your small markets are now 45 up to 65. Um, I'd say an average cost per contract is probably 75 to 10, 7,500 to 10,000 cost per contract. Okay. Make and then what's, what's the fee that you're seeing being done on those as well? Uh, so, uh, for like the, the front side for the territory or just the ongoing, if you're going to spend 10,000 to get a contract, yeah. what would you expect to make on that contract? Yeah. What we're hoping to do is at least a four to one ratio for every dollar spent, $4 comes back. Gotcha. Do you have any other ratios that are helpful at keeping your back pocket? <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> um, no, because at the beginning, there's so much head down. So your audience is like, how do I do my first deal? Like, I don't care about this 10 grand budget, Cody. I, I'm trying to just shoestring my, my first deal. Uh, here's what I would tell you is cut your excuses in half and triple down on your action. Like, don't tell me when you wake up, ah, oh, but I'm tired today. Or, ah, oh, I've got work today. Or, oh, man. I'm supposed to go to this movie with my friends tonight. Cut your excuses in half. The people that are going to make it in this business are the ones that don't have excuses. I, in fact, we always tied it this way. If I kidnap your kid tomorrow and I say, you're not getting your kid back. In fact, in 30 days, if you don't bring me a wholesale deal, you'll never see your kid again. I can promise you get a deal. that individual would not say, I need to find a wholesale deal, but I'm supposed to go with my friends tonight. I, I mean, <laughs> You would not be sitting at home on a couch watching YouTube. You would not be sitting on the couch right. watching Netflix or binge watching your, your, your series. And I want people to treat their business that way. No one's kidnapped your kid, but if you would treat it that way, you'd see your why changed instantly because now someone yeah. kidnapped your kid. I got 30 days. I promise you it won't take me 30 days to find a deal if someone takes my kid. I'll find it in one day. Right. Why? Because I get yep. resourceful to the resources available to me. But then... When no one has that pressure on us of kidnapping a kid, man, too many excuses come out. It's just hard. Yep. I feel like my market's busted. I don't know. I just feel like direct mail's dead and I wasted my money. Ah, I feel like, and you just start hearing these excuses. So I'd say for a beginner, cut your excuses in half and triple down on your action and go get yourself a deal.
Yeah, yeah, that's really good advice. Cut your excuses in half. So I'm curious. Um, we know the ratio. You know, could could be seven to ten thousand dollars to get a deal, and then you would expect to get four x. So as much as forty thousand dollars from that type of deal. I mean, you can shoestring it together, though, right? I, I see people spend a lot of time like driving for dollars and end up spending less uh, to get a deal. And I know you guys drive for dollars too. So how do you build in that driving for dollars to the other? Like, what, how do you think about that? Why do you still drive for dollars even though you guys have big budgets? Oh, it, it's, it's, it's crucial, first and foremost, to diversify. This is no knock against any one marketing channel. So clearly not a knock against Deal Machine when I say I couldn't rest on my laurels in just one marketing channel, no matter what that marketing channel is. Why do I love a marketing channel that's provided, for example, Deal Machine? Allows me this app to just beautifully go out there, start pinning homes, and start reaching out to these individuals. Because I need deal flow. And deal flow doesn't just come from one channel. I diversify and have that marketing budget high so I can put money in multiple marketing channels so that instead of those highs and lows, which is very, very real, I mean, very real. When people talk to me like, oh man, last month I did two deals and then all of a sudden they're down here and like, oh man, I haven't done a deal in two months and it's so hard. And then next month they're like, yeah, I got a deal this month. That roller coaster, nine times out of 10 when I talk to that individual, it's because they have one marketing channel. So how do you make this roller coaster turn into something that's just steady and consistent? You have to diversify so that when driving for dollars is not producing deal this month, it's okay. Maybe direct mail is, or maybe PPC is, or maybe SEO is, or maybe Facebook leads are, or maybe cold calling is. And so everything is cyclical. Driving for dollars, direct mail, PPC, everything's cyclical. And what we're trying to do is just take out the roller coaster by having multiple marketing channels at the same time. Gotcha. I've, I've not heard it explained that way before. That makes sense. At what point would you recommend diversifying? Because I feel like a lot of people start with too many things and nothing works. Yeah, I, I, I can very much appreciate that and agree with that. So with an audience that is like doing their their first deal, I think you ha you're kind of struck to doing just one. And I do believe yeah. that driving for dollars, the one thing that's very unique about that is... If I can go pull a list of tax delinquents, so can everyone in the state of Utah. Yep. Driving for dollars is very unique in everyone's market because it's your list. No one yep. else has the exact list as you, meaning the likelihood of competition on that list drastically gets cut. And so now you're out there working with leads that have very little activity from other from other wholesalers mm. or other investors. So I love, I love driving for dollars for someone that's listening to this podcast specifically saying, Hey, I don't have a big budget. I don't know if I'd jump right into direct mail. Cause I think you, you better spend, be ready to spend at least a minimum five grand a month on direct yeah. mail to even see any kind of fruits from it. Um, but you don't have to do that with uh, driving for dollars. What you have to do is just be able to jump in a car, pay for some gas, have some time on your hands. You can do it in the evening or in the morning where um, a lot of other marketing channels, there's certain times you have to do it. Cold calling, you can't just pick up the phone and call whenever you want. But when you're driving, yep. it's your time. You do whatever you want. You do it. If you want to go pin at two in the morning, go pin at two in the morning. Go do it. Um, so there's really nothing that can hold you back. It's your lowest uh, uh, barrier to entry. So I do like that for uh, for someone that's beginning trying to get their first deal. Yeah. Well, I, I'd love big for us too. 
even with our new hire, like we just brought in a new acquisitions person and I, the only task I had given him for his first 30 days is go and get a deal. Yeah. That's your job. You're on, I'm putting you on a 30 day wholesaling challenge. This is how you're going to generate your leads. You're going to go out and drive for dollars. You're going to get your own list. And then the process begins. You start cold calling. You're going to start looking for your buyer. I, I just, I know what worked for me. I know I had a 30 day window to get a deal. And so for me, anytime I consider bringing somebody in, it's just, I'm doing it. what worked for me. I'm making them do as well. You have 30 days to get a deal. And then after that, they get comfortable with how the process works, how driving for dollars works, how cold calling works, all of those things that make getting a deal work and the steps to getting a deal, uh, they get comfortable with that. And then if it's important to them to keep income, they start building on those successes and they have not just one deal, they have two deals then they have three deals and everything starts coming up together. The biggest thing for us, I always call it the parachute effect. So I've never done skydiving, but I imagine when you jump out of the plane, you have an, a huge rush, like the speed you're free falling. It's got to be like the most exhilarating thing. But what happens when you pull that chute? Parachute goes out and you just start free flowing and you look around you're up there well I'm, I'm safe now I'm coming down slow and you start looking at the landscape but what are you not doing anymore you're not falling you're not going fast you don't have the exhilaration anymore and to me I always say don't pull the cord just keep the free fall keep the exhilaration going keep the momentum going because there's no reason the only thing that's going to happen the minute that you pull a cord in 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 wholesaling, the only thing that's going to happen is you're going to start then seeing that ridiculous amount of wave. Oh, we had a great month. Oh, we had a bad month. We had a great month. We had a bad month. That's the worst feeling ever. Like just stay consistent. Don't allow yourself to pull that cord too soon, but be consistent. Like it's not overwhelming to go out, get 250 new leads every month and find one deal or two deals a month. If you stop, then you have to play catch up. That's just going to be... We need to get you jumping out of a plane and going skydiving. Oh, geez. I hate heights too, man. I would consider it though. Just, I don't know. Hey, that's a whole new topic. Face your fears direct on, my friend. I think so. We definitely have to get you over proximity. Cody, so I've loved hearing about how you think about business. You're also a pretty intentional guy. I know that you spend 10 to 2 in the office. So it seems like you've really built a life that you love. And you quit a job you hate, which is the whole point of this podcast. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that life you love and what you spend your time doing? Uh, it starts with a why. It starts with really doing some work. And I know a lot of people at, at their beginning stages, they don't have it. I didn't. I didn't have a clear why or the clear vision or whatever, what I wanted to accomplish, the mission. I just didn't have that. But over time, you start to see that, uh, okay, I'm doing deals. I'm making money. Most people get into real estate for two reasons make money and have more time. Very few get the second part. You're going to realize when you, when you take the right action, you're going to get a deal. Deal's not the problem. That's the, I think that's the easiest part. The hard part is watching entrepreneurs that never gain time. In fact, they lose time. Instead of working nine to five, now they're working eight till 10. And they're gotcha. out till, till late. Yeah. So they never find time. So it was being intentional about, okay, what do I want to do? And then 
after you start doing deals, what happens if you keep doing the deals, you start getting comfortable and confident that no one can do it as good as me. How many times have we heard this gentleman? Like, ah, I just don't care to hire an on acquisition manager. I just don't think they care about my leads like I do. I just don't think anyone can close the way I close. Okay. Well, I'd rather have two people doing 80% of Cody Offine than Cody Offine doing 100%. Like all day long. Yeah. Because those two 80% now allow me to have more time with how I deem to do it. Now, everyone can define what they want to do with their time. I want to spend it with my wife and kids. And so I had to get crystal clear, right? The clearer the vision, when you have clarity with your vision, what you want to do in life, that then gives you certainty of intent, right? Intentionality is everything. You can go through life and just be like a zombie, just walking dead. Mm. And just as the day rolls, that's how I attack it. I, I used to be that way. I'm no longer that way. I use my morning hours to build a, just a power punch morning. I have my workout. I have my study. I have my reflection upon what I want to do throughout the day and what I did the day before. I build these powerful moments in the morning when the world's still asleep, when the earth is still quiet. And I do more in those hours than I do at the 10 and 2 in the office. And then what I found out is when I'm in the office, I use that just intentionally. Here's what I'm doing with my four hours so I just get the most done. And I would say I probably get more done and anyone that follows this strategy, it's not my strategy. You can do more than most CEOs of Fortune 500 companies because you're intentional about those four hours. You don't need to be there eight hours just because the world says you need to be there eight hours. You mm -hmm. surround yourself with an incredible team. And then by two o'clock, I need to get out. I'm paid to be a visionary. I'm not paid to push paper. I'm not paid to do those things anymore. I'm paid to dream big and bring those dreams back. Well, those dreams never happen within the walls of my office. It's always when I'm out on a walk. It's out when I'm on the lake. It's out when I'm up in the mountains. It's out when I'm in Lake Powell. Also, my mind just starts firing. I see these new ways of doing business and what's the next step to get our business to X level. And we're paid as visionaries to go out and bring the vision back. We're not paid to be in the office. So, so many people are like, well, if I leave, isn't my team going to be offended? Well, then you got to be crystal clear in their communication on what you're paid to do, mm. what they're paid to do. We just don't have that problem. And so there's intention behind it. I just build a morning of intention. I really line up, what do I need to do today? And I just stay true to it. The worst thing you can do is have your phone by your side. It's the number one distraction that's killing every entrepreneur. Or your email up on your computer screen, like, mm -hmm. did you do that? So that when someone emails you, they get the right to have you email them back right now. It's like, no, like get in your flow state. Email them back at 5 p.m. when it doesn't matter. Don't email them just because yeah. they emailed you. Respond later. Get your stuff done. Be intentional about your day and you'll get more done in those four hours than you will at eight. And now you just gain time. Wow. That's awesome that you really built a life like that because you can spend a lot of time with your family and you were able to shut off that business. Because I've spent a lot of time working way after hours too. Now, thankfully I didn't have a family that was going to get mad at me for not spending any time with them. But I think that's uh, definitely like reflecting a state of maturity and, and something that's definitely inspiring for somebody who's probably just thinking about getting their first deal. Yeah. Well, and that's the, that's the dream, right? Hopefully they're getting the first deal so they can get more time. And that's, that's the hope, but get that first deal. It changes everything. That first deal, gentlemen, I can look at you with smiles on my face and you can smile back. That first deal changes everything. Uh, it doesn't mean it's easy. It's the hardest thing, but that hard comes with a massive smile. Hundred percent. Yeah. I'll never forget it. It's amazing. Well, if you've gotten your first deal, hit me up on Instagram. But also, Cody, where's the best place to reach out to you? Is it Instagram as well? Yeah, Instagram, Facebook. I'm really slow at. Uh, I just. Yeah. I, let me let me correct this. I'm slow at social media. Period. The end. 
but the most active I'm on is uh, Instagram. So Instagram's like your biggest your biggest chance to to meet, reach out to me. Please comment on posts that I do. Please DM me. I do take time. It is personally me that does the comments. I don't hire that out. That is personally me because I do love giving back. Um, that's I think that's part of every entrepreneur's dream is impact. I don't know how big my impact is, but I'll do my best to always give back. Always. Well, it's already 3,000 people, so it's clear that that's a mission for you. Uh, so Cody Hoffine, uh, H-O-F-H-I-N-E is his Instagram handle. Cody, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing all of your successes and helping those achieve financial freedom that are on that journey. Thank you, gentlemen. It's been an honor. Of course. Awesome. Thanks for listening to the Deal Machine Real Estate Investing Podcast. Please leave us a review and follow along wherever you're listening to your podcasts.